Welcome to the Mike Bowie Show, where we talk with people who influence people. All right, so welcome to the Mike Bowie Show, where we talk with people who influence people. And I've today I've got a great guest. I uh, love this guy. His name is Mike Elam. He's a uh, he he works with i three broadband. He's involved as a great community partner, and uh, he's also a county councilman. Been a county councilman for many years. So welcome, Mike. Hey, hi. How's I'm excited going? to follow John Dawson. <laughs> You know, John's a cool guy. John is a cool guy. It's it's my goal in life to one day be John Dawson. Well, you know what? If if he was any better, he would probably be you. You know, I, I love that, <laughs> and and I agree with you. It meant a lot to me until I found out he says it to everyone, to everybody. Now I just feel played. You know, well, I, I told I just, him on that I feel interview. So cheap. I, I know heard that. That's I, where I was. I was like, really? Like, I don't okay. know if I'm okay with this. I, but you have had a a great lineup so far. Of, of folks that you've had. And, Thank you. Uh, I, a, a couple of the ones that you've had recently with John Dawson and Mark Hollander are just, you know, amazing people. And, they are. Uh, they do so much for the community. And uh, people like that are why I love living here. I mean, we just have so many of those folks. St. Charles County, where we are, um, and I've been very fortunate to have listens from all over the world, so... Um, if you're the guy in Belgium that keeps downloading this, St. Charles County's really incredible. You should you should visit. Yeah, we have a house here and and for you and and we have beer. So if you're from Belgium, you should like St. Charles County. You should like it a lot. You, you should like it a whole lot. We well, actually have a, a lot of beers here. So there are a lot and a lot of great, wonderful micro breweries. Yes, um, and of course we have America's first wine, Appalachia and Augusta. So that's right. If you're a beer or a wine person, we got it all. You, we have it all. But but we really have the best people in the world. So more than anything, you should want to come here and and discover the people that are in our community. This, this is a wonderful group of people, and we have from A to Z. We do. We've got them all. Yeah. And they're all welcome. Yeah. We love the the uh, the, the variety of opinions and ideas. You know, we've got all the 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 history represented in St. Charles County. We do. I mean, it's, it's funny in talking about um, who is, uh, what is history in St. Charles County? And everybody kind of harkens back to Lewis and Clark. And so 1803, 1804, like that's kind of our history. So it's, it's funny for work. We have a system in Rhode Island. So recently, I've been traveling back to Rhode Island. What a completely different sense of history. They're like, oh, you St. Charles people are so cute with your 1800 right. stuff. Yeah, and like, maybe some late 17s if we're, you know. Right, and it's like uh, I got a chance to meet the, <laughs> the mayor of Quincy, Massachusetts, right? So he's got a coin that he gives you. It's a mayoral coin, and it says Quincy 1625. Yeah, that's deep. And you're like, Wow. Okay, that's so, different. You know, we are teenagers compared to those people. Right, we're just just coming up. Right, but what's funny is the county just continues to grow, and we continue to get people. I mean, um, we're we're kind of known as the fastest growing county in Missouri, and we've had that for over twenty years. Mm-hmm. Which you would think eventually that would slow down, and I I think it's probably going to uh, over the next ten years. I think that's going to happen. If for no other reason, we're running out of land. Yeah. So that is going to slow it down. Well, you know what? 
let me jump in there because um, I was flying over bush wildlife. Okay. Which is in my council district. It is. Yes. New Melly, um, all the way out through Defiance and Augusta. And there are thousands upon thousands of acres right. of uninhabited wooded land. Yes. And it's beautiful. It is. And it's, it, it's one of those kind of things where, with my county council hat on, when you start looking at an area like that, some people will say, that's a great area to be developed in the future. Right. Some others would say, <clears throat> that's an area that needs to be preserved because of the character of the region, mm-hmm. right? So just because you have a piece of ground doesn't mean you need to develop it. Right. So one of the things that, that planning and zoning will screw up your community really quickly, right? If oh, you have, funny if you have bad you. planning and zoning, <laughs> it, it can really screw up your community. So getting down into into that area, and it's the, the second um, county council district, uh, county council district two, what we're trying to figure out is where is our buffer zone for there? So you you grow, you know, out from O'Fallon, down from Winsville, and the traditional subdivisions that you have of, you know, 10,000 square foot lots, 15,000 square foot lots. And then you get into one acre lots and three acre lots and right. five acre plus, right? And I'm sure everybody's going, this is super boring, Mike. Thanks for, thanks for bringing this up. But it's it's one of those things where... What we're trying to do is establish like a three-acre buffer zone in between where the cities are creeping in and where the country begins. Do you mean three-acre lots? Three-acre lots. So I want to set up a three-acre lot area that kind of stops the expansion, if you will, of those subdivisions coming down. And then as you cross over from a three-acre, you're at five-acre minimums going from there. And what that really does is it protects the wine country region. More than anything else. I mean, you go to Napa Valley, you don't go to see the condos, no. right? It's That's not what's yeah. there. You're not going there to, to, to see the, the standard shops. The, You're not. The Coles and the Targets. And, and you shouldn't have those in an area like that. So some areas just bring different culture, uh, different character, mm-hmm. and you need to preserve that. In My wife areas. and I were talking the other night about... Uh, we have it's family. Good that you're talking to your we, wife. We by still the way. talk. That's it's good. been 23 years. It's we're helpful. still at it. Uh, this was one of the few. Con- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> we we were we have family. Uh, her side of the family in Oregon. Okay. And that's beautiful, beautiful country. It is. And then we, we have family in Alaska. We okay. have some family in Florida, and we were talking about how you and, run and, off everybody to all the parts of the. Oh no, that's not. Well, what well. Here's where we were going, is that when she travels more than I do, okay. when she goes to see them, sadly, she's saying more and more of the same things. Which is? You know, which is, you know, the same shops, the same right. strip centers, the same this is and that's. And much of that charm and character, and I think that it's because of the, the amount of information we have, there's nowhere left to explore, really. Right. You know, we know, we know what everything looks like. Right. If I want to see the Eiffel Tower, I pull up a picture of it. If you don't daydream and say, one day, I'm going to see what that looks like. Right. Now, that's good and bad, but some of the charm of the, of the difference. You know, like if the difference is why we travel, mm-hmm. we've lost some of the charm of the difference. Well, and I think that's, that's why you have to be mindful of that and why you have to pay attention to what makes your community different. 
how did your community stand out? Like you were talking about the guy from Belgium. A, thanks for listening. Right. B, if you do come here, you need to understand what am I coming here to see? Right. right? And if you have something like a historic Main Street that goes back to the early 1800s, you protect that character because mm-hmm. it's different and it makes you special. If you have America's first wine appellation in Augusta, you protect that because mm-hmm. it makes your community special. Right. It gives you an added character. Right. I can find a McDonald's and a Coles and all those things that you were talking about. Right. But I think that also speaks to why if you have unique small businesses, you have to pay attention to them and you need to go there. Last night, I went to the O'Fallon City Council meeting mm-hmm. because I hate my life, I guess. I have no idea why else I would do that, right? <laughs> I, I do government meetings twice a month, but yet I went to another one. But for fun. For fun, right? You know. it's, it's just good to see the council members, right? They're great people. They so, really are. They really are. But uh, on our way, um, I, I went with another guy, and uh, we went to Cafe Rendezvous for dinner, right? Because he's not from here. And he said, where do you want to go? And I'm in my mind, I'm running up and down Highway K and Main Street O'Fallon thinking, where do we want to eat? You've got all the suspects. You've got them all. All of the chains are are there. Which is wonderful because everything that you might want, you can get within five miles. Right. On Highway K. But to me, it's what about that small business owner? Right. Right. And what can I do to show support for them? Well, and also what's unique to O'Fallon. Rendezvous Cafe is wonderful. It is. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful little slice of what O'Fallon has to offer. It does. And, and they do a fantastic job. And my niece works there. Oh, so well. it was a two for one, right? Yeah. I get to support a, a local small business that does a really great job of serving their niche of customer. I got to see my niece, which is always special. Um, and I got to introduce a friend of mine who doesn't live here to a place that is just different. Right. And uh, he lives over in Chesterfield, and Chesterfield is just, you know, booming with mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I wouldn't say Chesterfield is <clears throat> booming with unique small businesses. No, it's not a place that you're going to go to find quaint character. Right. But you're going to go there to find a lot of everything. And some wonderful, wonderful people live there. And you get right in the valley and all through that region. But everything that you need... Right. And could want is available. It is. But Chesterfield is not a place with quaint character. It and is I not. mean that with utmost respect. Yeah, it's a great community. And, right. and everybody points to it as wow, Chesterfield is a, a cut above. It is. It's most. progressive. It's right. they're, they're forward thinking and they're bringing great things to the community. They are. But, you know, a, a place like Ethel's, a place like Cafe Rendezvous, like those are cool places to go sit. And this guy likes wine. So uh, I am not a wine guy. So I, I have a beer. He has a glass of wine. And he's watching all of these people come in because in the back, they're doing a wine tasting event. And they probably had 30 people back there mm-hmm. for this wine tasting That's event. That's a great room back there. And they allow it the is. community to use it. Yes. Consistently. And, and in the front, they have uh, a jazz band playing, right? So it's it's like two different things that are going on that this guy says, I've got to bring my wife here. Right. And, and that's kind of what we were talking about of what are you going to experience if you come right. here? Well, I've got a lot of places like that. Right. Who are small business people who, you know, similar to you, you put your... Your money, your time, your talent on the line. 
small business people are the people who take the risk mm-hmm. and get out there. And in, in many cases, they risk everything. And I feel like I'm in the company of greats being in, in these chambers of commerce. Yeah. Being in, in especially now having a, a, a desire to get involved in, in politics to some degree. I really feel empowered about our community and where we're going. Now, there's, there are problems, too. Of course, there are problems in in every community. But when Amazon was talking about a couple of years ago, they wanted to find a new corporate headquarters number two, right? Right. I was not in favor of the St. Louis region being one of those places. And people said, how could you say that? You know, they want to bring thousands of jobs that are high paying to your community. I said, yeah, but I've seen what happened at the Ford plant in North County. I've seen what happened with the Chrysler plant in South County. When those go away, mm-hmm. it, it leaves devastates a gaping your hole community. in the community. And m- m- many people would tell you North County has never survived Ford leaving. Right. And it, it just put them in a spiral that they couldn't dig out of. Right. I don't want my community beholding to any one organization right. that To much. have that much at stake in one... Well, they ex- there's always going to be a better mousetrap, right? Well, so how many Amazon's, jobs are in Amazon there? Well, it, it, it would have been, um, for that particular... Um, for that particular... The main branch, facility in the flats up there. You would have... No, the... Are you talking about the headquarters that they were talking about? Well, I guess when I when I drive up 370 and I see the Amazon, that huge stretch. Now, there. that's different. That's a warehousing district. Okay. Right? I'm all on board for warehousing. Okay. Right? But so you're talking about headquarters. I'm talking about they were doing a second headquarters, and it was going right. to be like 20,000 people. Really? Right. Which brings up a whole other thing of where do you put them? Where do you house which, them? Which gets back to How our earlier growth them, part, yeah. right? But warehousing, I'll take all day long because... When a better mousetrap comes along and there is the new Amazon, whatever that's going to be, right? Um, And that second headquarters goes away. That's a big scar on your community that's going to be tough to fix. Mm -hmm. If you have a bunch of warehousing areas... (laughs) <laughs> that's something anybody's going to use. Right. And, and it, trans, it Every business to needs somebody. a place to put stuff. And right. right now we have a shortage of, I have business, business owner friends. Everybody needs Who it. are asking me for commercial, industrial, you know, refrigerated storage. Where do we find it? Right. And, and as, as, as I ask around, it's just it, not available. Yeah. It'll it, be filled up. It's filled. I think we, we should probably team up on that. There we go. You in a, Are you into commercial property? I, I, I could be, I guess. Let's, let's go there. All, all we need is property. Well, I want to ask you, <laughs> we just need land. We just need land. So I want to ask you, this is, the, this is a question that I ask every one of my guests. Okie dokie. So we, we've, we really dove in on St. Charles and the community, but I yeah. want I want to, since this is a podcast about people who influence people, I believe you're an influential person and so Thank do you. others, so do others in my circles. And many people were excited that we're talking to them. And I am too. Thank you so much for being here. But here's my question. Okay. What's it like being Mike Elam? It's awesome being Mike Elam. I mean, why wouldn't it be? I mean, let's, <laughs> I agree. let's be real, I, right? If I'm real, I, I think, you know, do you agree that people attract people <laughs> I do. that that are like them or that have a spirit of joy or whatever you're into. If you're into I mud do. wrestling, you're going to attract mud wrestlers, right? Which is a, is a unique community. <laughs> it's and and always fun people. You know they really are. They're not the cleanest. It's all but short. Whatever. It's all there. Lots of fun. So, 
um, I'd like to think that I attract good people in my circles. And, and you and I have connected right. personally and, and in the professional realm over the last few years. But, you know, what's it, what's it like being you? What's your day like? I mean, you work a job full time. I, I I work multiple jobs. You do. I do. You've got your uh, voice voice of Saint Charles. Um, so you- my my full time job is vice president of community affairs and market development for I three broadband. And let me ask you: Does that take forty hours a week for you to do? It, it actually takes more. Does it take more? Um, well, okay. I'm so we're in Rhode Island. We're in Central Illinois. We're in Missouri. And I, I am the guy for all three states. So, you know, half car will travel. Right. Um, so, like, talking be in Quincy, Massachusetts, and we're, you know, we're looking at that market and expanding our footprint in Aquidneck Island in, in Rhode Island, and then expanding all over. We're the largest fiber-to-the-home provider in central Illinois. So I've got all those communities to talk with. And then we started expanding in St. Charles County, um, last month and now we're building in st louis county and metro east so there's a lot of people for me to go talk with which i love but yeah and but and you've also got interests in um obviously politics right so on the county council which is that your only role you've served in politics it is uh got appointed to it in you filled a vacant seat right i did nancy matheny moved and uh, when she moved, her seat became available. So I stepped into that role. And that was 2013? April of 2013. So okay. I just celebrated so you were appointed. nine years. Okay. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thanks very much. I it was did, a great anniversary. I don't have a cake or anything. But, and, I'm sorry. And you know what? Neither did anyone else. <laughs> which can, gives you an idea. My friend owns Mr. Goodsense right down the road. I love Mr. Goodsense. I can get you one of the best Italians one of the best hot Italians in the county, right there. That guy does it right. See, I'm I'm in. But now that's a chain. But isn't that interesting that that's a chain restaurant? Right. And I, I'm not a food connoisseur, but I love good food. And if I want a hot Italian sandwich, that's where I go. Oh, I and it's I a chain. I've never had a hot Italian sandwich in good sense. I've always had the. The cold sandwiches, mm-hmm. but I I love their bread. I think oh, it's, their bread's wonderful. I think it's great. When I come into work, I can smell the bread, which which would be bad for me, <laughs> right? So I'm not exactly the the smallest of people, and I do enjoy eating. So that would You're drive a big, me strong crazy. man, Mike. I don't know about strong, but big. <laughs> yes, yes, we we are there. Uh, but back to your earlier question. So uh, I have the I3 broadband. I have the county council. The county council is, uh, we meet twice a month. Right. And a lot of people say, well, you know, you only, you know, work four hours, six hours a you month. You have a lot of reading and study. You, uh, not only that, you have a lot of phone calls and emails, right? So How many people are in your... your... 58,000 okay. are in a county council district. And they all have your cell phone. That, it feels like it sometimes. <laughs> My wife would tell you yes. That uh, and and they have no qualms about reaching out. Are people out at respectful or largely generally? Um, and and that's something we can talk about if if you want to. Because I'll go anywhere you want to go. This is your hour. Well, so that's one of the things that I think is most disheartening about where we are today, and that is: are people respectful? I would tell you before, yeah. And the majority of people now, yes, I agree that's true. Lately, though, we have seen this this rash of 
ugliness and disrespectful attitude. Um, look, if, if you don't respect Mike Elam, you don't respect me as a person, that's fine. Respect the office if you come to a county council right. meeting. Don't yell out in the middle of the meeting. Call people names. A, that's that's not how to get people to do things for you. You're right? not going to win friends it, and influence people. It, that way. You are not, Mr. Carnegie. That is that is not going to work, right? So uh, but just it costs you nothing to be nice to people. Right. And you can disagree with people without being disagreeable. That is a skill that we seem to have lost in our country right now. It is. Now. I, it seems like, and and coming up, growing up with microphones in front of my face. I'm with you. As a musician, as a public speaker, um, I can tell you that some people should have microphones. <laughs> And some people should not. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have a microphone just because I don't know when to put it down. Well, you but, use it well. Thank you. But there's a, it's, and I hesitate to go this deep, but there's almost a vitriol in people that, you know, now that we have, everybody has a microphone with right. Facebook and Twitter, and, and we all have a microphone. Right. And there was a time when some of those awful thoughts didn't have an avenue for expression. Yeah, you at least had a filter. Or maybe you had a pause button. You could, maybe you would share it with a neighbor or your town and they would tell you, you know, wag the, no, 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 that's wrong. That's, but now you can broadcast this stuff to the world. Yeah. And I I mean, and and I'm not saying social media is is a big part of that. Um, I am not a big Twitter guy, um, but Twitter seems to be a whole community of just really angry people just really yeah i'm i'm like why are you so mad like what what has happened yeah. in your life well did you ever have a period in your life where you felt that that it was darker than than lighter like have you gone through a period like that where oh, you yeah where you've been in a funk a rabbit hole or something and it's like man right. things just aren't working out and i don't know why right i mean i, I think we all do i think we've all been there at, at some point i mean maybe maybe it was a death maybe it was a disappointment a job uh, thing whatever yeah i mean there's a there's a lot of reasons i mean <laughs> shoot when um so i was in radio for 27 years right right so back in uh the early 90s i was working at ksd when it was 93 7 it was classic rock i love that station. jc corcoran joe mama mason uh chuck jeffries um uh, Mark Close, great lineup, right? So I, I still see Mark Close from time to time. Our, Mark's our, still around because yeah. it's St. Louis and and people don't leave St. Louis Radio. And, uh, the U Man, John Ulett's John been around, for, but he was a Casey guy. He was not a Casey guy, a but, guy, but yeah, these are radio icons in right. St. Louis. So, but um, in in nineteen ninety four, I was the overnight guy at the station. Um, they decided to make a change with my job. Which which means Sorry. the job was still there. I just wasn't doing it anymore. <laughs> what was what was bad about that and what gets to your dark time in life. Right. Um, we were a month away from closing on our very first house. Oh. Right. My wife was six months pregnant with our very first child. Yeah. So 
we were not making a lot of money. I mean, an overnight you're radio not, DJ. No, you, yeah, no. that's you don't get hazard pay for you, that. You really don't. There's, there's <laughs> a. Uh, I think they kind of look at it of you're lucky that we even pay you to do this job, right? right? We these days you don't even have overnight DJs anymore. Right. A computer just, right. does the job. So that shows you of how hard it would be to replace me. We we just put a keyboard in. So the, there the, you go. The, the value quotient. Exactly. It's like drummers. You're really not bring it <laughs> oh ouch that hurts so uh I, I i lost my job uh it almost lost the house oh uh had to start paying cobra insurance and that's so yeah. so we didn't lose that to having the baby right and with but i i started selling pots and pans door to door did you really i did oh my god that was you horrible. do what you have to do you do that's I, what a man I, does. I was a an assistant manager at Foot Locker. Um, you did whatever you needed to do. Right. And, and I picked up um, a part-time job working at Smooth Jazz. Uh, God bless Ted Habeck uh, for hiring me mm-hmm. back then. Um, but it, it's, it's one of those times where when you go through something like that, it's, you can understand why some people just cash it in. Yeah, I mean they they just feel so lost. They don't know where they're going, and if you don't have some sort of support system around you, it doesn't have to be a financial support system. It no. just has to be an emotional support system more than anything else. I was right. lucky because I have two parents who are always Mike Elam fans. Right, right, right. So that was awesome. Are they here? No, they're in. Well, my mom passed last year, okay. but my That's dad is down in Northwest Arkansas. Gotcha. Uh, but I had a wife that, for whatever reason, uh, said, I'm good with you doing this radio thing. I'll hang with you. And I'm like, you do understand I'm not making any money. Right? You realize what you signed up for? Yeah. Right? Well, and God love her. She's a hairstylist. And back then, I had thick hair. So she had something to work with. I had a skinny waist <laughs> and thick hair. Now I have a thick waist and thin hair. Right. But, but she's still here, even though the bait and switch took place. It right? did. So uh, I get when you start looking at those dark times and how you can get there. What I don't get is why so many people have so much and they're so bitter. Right. I don't don't understand We're pretty blessed here. We are. This county has, um, well, where is our average income in the state? So I was just putting a thing on social media the other day, speaking of, uh, angry people, um, but we're the third for the 13th year in a row. St. Charles County is the healthiest county in the state of right. Missouri, physically the healthiest. Right. So um, we're also median household income that you were speaking of, number one in the state um, at nearly ninety thousand dollars. That's a incredible. Year. That is that is really incredible. Um, our average household income is one hundred twelve thousand dollars, which is again incredible. Um, 70% of our citizens have, adult citizens that is, have uh, at least some college. So when you look at that, like we're a healthy community, we're a wealthy community compared to most, and we're very well educated. We're, well, we're if not if we're not educated, we're at least a community that pursues education. Exactly. We may not have finished that degree, <laughs> but we want it. Hey, and, and I can't say anything because I'm I a college dropout. From, I, well, I, I was, and I know you 
You, this is a remarkable story. Okay. I'm just going to go turn left here because I, I understand your story to some degree, and I want you to fill in the gaps. But you were post-50. I was 50. You were 50. I was 50. When you got your degree. Yep. I was on the 32-year degree plan. So if you think your kid is not getting through college the way that they should, just be thankful they're not me. Right. Well, I was going to say maybe just be a little patient. <laughs> Patience is a virtue. You know, and, and children are trying, right? But it, what's interesting is I, I got a corporate communications degree from Lindenwood University, and God bless Lindenwood. Um, I got it the year before my oldest son got the exact same degree from Lindenwood University, right? That's um, awesome. He finished it in four years. I finished it in 32. 32. I would I would submit to you that I did a better job raising my child than my parents did with me. <laughs> so at least my kid got... got so dad, through. when you listen to this... It's true. I'm sorry. So uh, you moved here when you were young, though. What brought you to St. To Charles County? A radio job. So I, I moved here in uh, July of 1989. So coming up on my anniversary in, in the St. Louis area, mm-hmm. uh, moved here to sign a radio station on Hot 97 back Hot in the day. Hot 97. Hot 97. <laughs> uh, today's hit. Um, and the overnight guy is now my brother-in-law. So I was talking about needed to get my hair cut, need to find a place to do that. He's like, my sister sister does that. that. Really? So obviously she gave a great haircut because we got married. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, the burden was on you to make that decision, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you get lucky, right? And and you're like, all right, she she bought this one so, yeah so that was good but yeah i moved here to sign the radio station on yeah um we i used to live in canterbury gardens apartments at del mar and 170 um it's not called canterbury gardens now god knows what it's called it's been through that's 20 not, different names that's not del mar gardens no it's no, it's, no it's, i didn't live in the retirement home uh so but you were I, young I so you moved here for a job and was, then you were married Shortly after, you were married young. Moved here at 23, got married at 24, three weeks before my 25th birthday. Yeah. So moved here, married a local Pattonville girl. So I'm home, right? There is no moving at right. this point. We are, we are here. Um, are you going to retire here? Uh, probably because yeah. I'm now a grandfather. So my my oldest and his wife live out in Winsville. So we have our first baby boy born, Kaysen, born in uh, November. That's awesome. So um, I had tried to talk my wife into retiring at some different places, specifically warmer climates. Right. Um, the climate here is wacky. Panama, to, to be honest with you. Um, sure. Because from what I understand, Panama is ranked as the number one place in the world to retire. Just quality of life and expense. You're talking about and, the, and country the country Panama. The country Panama. Panama. I've been to Panama. Panama City. I've been right. to Panama many times, and I have friends that live there. And I can attest, it's gorgeous. And yes. It's, it's wonderful. So I, I, I threw that out there, which my wife uh, said, well, I hope you have fun. Yeah. Uh, which I, I got that's a hard no. Yeah. I brought up Florida. And she was on board with that until the grandchild. Right. Now we're here. I mean, yeah. I may do the St. Louis My thing wife and, and, and I, split the year, but right. yeah. God willing, that's Snowbird. not going to be until, you know, another 20 years from now. Well, you've got a, a life of work ahead of you, too. Will you, will you retire? Uh, so my dad was a Southern Baptist minister for 58 years. 
He retired at 83. Right. Probably the route I will go in think, some way. Yeah, shape, I don't or see form. you stopping working and 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 just golfing. So, no, especially not the way I golf. That would be a danger to the community, especially for any house. Well, they're that's putting on up the tall fences these days. It, yeah, this is true. Top golfing, maybe, yeah, and yeah. that way I can't. Hurt but I don't others. see you as someone to. Um, I don't. You know, you've got a voice, and I mean not. Your a literal voice, voice. <laughs> you, but I'm talking about you have opinions, and and I think, I think you're someone that has a, a tremendous ability to, to discern. Thank you, and and I mean that because I've 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 studied a little bit of your your history with the council, and you've been appointed as the chairman chairman of the council. So Twice now, people must respect. What you're doing, so or, or I'm the not other here to flip. Just don't want Maybe that they job just don't want the gig because it sucks. Right, so it's a tough gig. Know, there is that. But that being said, you know you're someone that cares about your community. Uh, if and if you move to another community, you would care about that, wouldn't you? I I would. So um, I don't see you as not as someone that's going to retire and just check out and you know grow the beard and and be done. You're going to be involved in something, whether right. it's well, for income or for. I, I did grow a beard, but. I had skin cancer surgery, Did you? and um, I couldn't shave because it, it was on my face. I had 29 stitches here Did in my really? jawline. Yeah. When was that? Uh, that was four years ago, right? Gotcha. Um, which speaks to the fact of, where's sun, sunscreen? Yes. It's a whole lot nicer than 29 stitches in your face. Uh, thank you. We'll be here all week. Tip your waitresses. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I grew a beard for the first time in my life. I grew a beard because I, I couldn't shave. I How'd had the look? stitches there. I thought it looked great. If you go on my county council page, you will see. Oh, is that your? That, that is my picture because the council, the, the county decided for whatever reason to do new uh, photos. I pulled it up. It's you're how old are you? 56. I'm 54. We're about the same age. Yeah. And it's this was four great. years ago? Yes. It's it's a lot of gray, it, yeah. That's a lot salt, of gray. <laughs> salt and pepper is, yeah. No, a there's, lot of there's salt. a lot of salt. <laughs> a lot of yeah. salt there. So my my wife generally likes guys with facial hair, except her husband. Except her husband. Yeah. yeah. So I grew that, and she's like, yeah, yeah no. that's a no. I I've had facial hair for most of my adult life, and okay. I shaved it off several years ago. My daughter cried. Really, she wouldn't touch me. So I will forever. That's very funny. Yeah. It's funny because I had the beard and my wife wouldn't touch me. So that, that's it's kind of how this works out. I'm calling a win on this side yeah, of the table. Yeah, you you do win that one. Um, so let me let me ask you um, about your your service in the council. Okay. What's something you're proud of that you guys as a team have accomplished? Oh, jeez. I know um, there's probably a lot, but tell me your proudest accomplishment. My proudest accomplishment is getting a port authority established. And That's a big deal. It it is a big deal, and it, it it's something that. Uh, so Tom Shaw, who's a realtor here in town, invited me to this uh, morning networking breakfast that was happening in Chesterfield, and this is a number of years ago. So I go to this breakfast, and I meet this guy there whose name is Sicardi Bruce. Never forget Sicardi. Uh, a very wealthy St. Louis County guy. Never met him before. Didn't know this guy from Adam. So Tom introduces me to him, and he and I are chatting. He goes, so you're on St. Charles County Council, huh? And I said, yeah. He said, boy, 
you guys are missing the boat by not having a port authority. St. Louis has a port authority. They do. And I would... St. Louis has ports. They do. <laughs> so I I said, okay, I'll, I'll play. What's the big deal about a port authority? Right. Never heard anything about it. Didn't think anything about it. No one had ever brought it up before. And he kind of explained the benefits of having a port authority. And uh, I, I went back and started kind of looking at it. And I found out we used to have a port authority. Really? Yep. St. Charles County had a port authority. Back in the early 70s, there was uh, a guy, uh, Darby Talley was his name. And Darby Talley had a vision in the Upper Peninsula of St. Charles County. There was this little arm that shoots up there, and it's where the Missouri and the Mississippi Rivers mm-hmm. come together. His vision was to basically cut a uh, Panama Canal in the thinnest part of that arm. So you didn't have to go all the way up around and come down. You could just cut straight through. And uh, in theory, great idea. Right. Farmers of the area hated it. Sure. Hated it. Not doing it. They liked being up there tucked away in the weeds and grow my crops and shoot my guns. They didn't want you cutting this big schwaff through there. So it... It failed massively, right? Sure. Went down in flames. Um, what they had done when they named the Port Authority, you can pick a geographic area. You do not have to name the whole county as a Port Authority. Really? You can name just a portion of it, and that's what they did. So they named this upper, basically, floodplain area as the Port Authority. And that was the only geographic area that was in it. Well, once this idea failed, there was no purpose or really anything you could do with the port authority at that point was so, that because there was no useful land or was that because there was the, no yeah. community buy-in well all the land that was up there is floodplain right so there's really nothing you can do from an economic development standpoint. you're not going to put docks and no storage I, facilities there, and there's it's a bunch of farm field that floods on a regular basis and the people up there don't want you up there. That's mm-hmm. why you have duck clubs and things like that over there. Because it's perfect. But you're not going to use a port authority to name a conservation area. That's, right. That just Doesn't is a dumb sense. idea. Right. right. So it turns out St. Charles County has the most water frontage of any county in the state of Missouri. 107 miles. Right. It's from- just, it's literally, what, it's surrounded. It, it goes around the entire two, east, two northern, sides, eastern. And the largest sides are surrounded by water. So it, it started making sense. Well, then I started finding out a port authority is actually a great economic development tool. And you can use it for a lot of different purposes. We actually have a county in this state that is completely landlocked with no water around it that has a port authority. And they have a port authority. So... Why? It's because of the economic development tool that you can do with that. So it took me three years to convince everybody we should reestablish a port authority. Because the one that was there before went away in 1998. Mm -hmm. Because once it got established, it languished. There was nothing that could be done. In 1992, there was a white paper that was uh, was written. And um, the white paper said um, that it was... uh, just a waste to 
have this port authority. There was nothing you could possibly do. Was it was it costing us money? No, but it did have its own um, board. Okay. And that board basically was like, look, guys. It's powerless. There's nothing. This is, there's no future here. Right. So they got rid of it in 1998. So it dissolved it, the board, relinquished the, the, the gave title. Gave the port authority back. Um, so couldn't, couldn't get that back, couldn't make that happen. Um, so it took a while to convince people, hey, this idea for a port authority was so bad before. Why should we do it again? Right. It, it already It's already been stained. We've gone down this road, but right. you saw something in it. Well, we were able to name the entire county as the boundary of the Port Authority. When you do that now, you can use economic development tools all throughout the county. It doesn't have to just be on the waterfront. Right. But the River Point project that the city of St. Charles is putting together right now, which is a very ambitious project that uh, Mayor Borgmeier is, is it trying is, to get going. And I, it, it looks like it's brilliant. And, and it, it could turn out to be a game changer for St. Charles County. It has the potential to really, like the, the boardwalk that you have down in San Antonio, Texas, and other places like that, um, it gives St. Charles the opportunity to take advantage of the number one resource it has, and that is the water frontage, right. which right now has really been ignored. Well, we have a wonderful Main Street district. We do. And the, the shop owners there, they do an amazing job. It's, it's, um, it's attractive. It's quaint. It's, um, I, I can't find the word, but uh, it's, it's lovely. It's, it's unique. It's, and it, it's a it wonderful experience. Special. Cobblestone streets, right. all the shops. And the waterfront there is, is tremendous as well. But it's not being but utilized it's such a as small well as it could. Portion, and it is not being utilized. Right. So he is, his vision is to basically go from 364 all the way up to 370 and develop the water frontage across that whole way. Mm-hmm. So that is um, that is really something that could turn out to be amazing, right? Mm-hmm. But here's, here's the thing that when people said, I don't feel great about having another government body that's created with this Port Authority. I said, here's the thing. We're the third largest county in the state of Missouri. We are by far the largest county without a Port Authority. We control 6.2% of Missouri's economy in terms of the, the money that we generate. Huge. We send all these tax dollars to Jefferson City. If you do not have a Port Authority, you have zero shot of getting any of those dollars back. You just donated that money to the state of Missouri. To others who have Port Authorities. So there are 15 Port Authorities in the state of Missouri. Every year, the legislature puts a pot of money set aside for the development of Port Authorities. We had zero shot of getting any of that money back. In the latest budget, they put $50 million in for port authorities. So we have started doing things like, uh, because you have a port authority, you can create things like enterprise zones. You can create things like AIMS zones. AIMS is a advanced industrial manufacturing zone. So what they've just done recently is they named this whole area around the GM plant mm-hmm. as an advanced industrial manufacturing zone. And because of that, any new jobs that are created around that area, uh, the county is going to get to uh, recoup 50% of all the uh, income taxes 
that are paid back into the As a result system. of that, so that, that money gets back to the county. So we keep it here. Not only that, if that $50 million, what, did you say $50 million? $50 million. Okay, $50 million, can that money be used for infrastructure? Can it, it, there are... There are massive amounts Sewers, of, of amounts of water well, service roads. I don't know about that part sure. okay. about, about okay. doing that kind of infrastructure. But there's like the River Point project, they could go get grants from this Port Authority uh, budget right. and put it into St. Charles mm-hmm. County. So that type of building infrastructure they can do. I mean there's there's so many different things, but you've got to have the tool in place. Right. And it was one of those things that if if Sicardi Bruce hadn't brought it up to me, if Tom Shaw hadn't invited me to that breakfast, right? Mm-hmm. I, I never would have heard about it. Or who knows if I ever would have heard about it. Right. So it, it's one of those kind of things where you never know where a good idea is going to come from. Right. And then you start fostering that idea and seeing where it can go. And I would tell you, I'm really optimistic about where a Port Authority is going to go and how it's going to make our lives in St. Charles County even better than what it already is. Well, that's going to be the key, is if we have access to funds, we uh, the, the allocation, the ideas, and, and just having the, having forward-thinking people on the council, on the, on the county council. Yeah, the old the old joke of money's not everything, but without it, you really can't do much of anything. There's not much there, yeah. It's really not. Exactly. Um, a good friend of mine, Jim Ottemeyer, I'm sure you I know him well. I just saw Jim last night at I, the O'Fallon <clears throat> City Council. At the O'Fallon City Council. He is a great guy. He He's a, a wonderful dude, and... When I became interested, now I was politically active, and I say active, it was more verbal with anger than anything else about 20 <laughs> years ago. I was on Twitter. No, I'm just kidding. I was, this was probably, I think it was before Twitter, but I was very active just in my circles. And I burnt myself out. Okay. And I wanted nothing to do with politics. You were in the majority. Right. Yep. Now I'm getting older. My kids are getting older. And, <laughs> and my wife and I have made a decision that we're staying here in St. Charles County. God love you. Um, and, I'm, and, and that has given me pause to consider politics. Okay. So I'm, I, I'm approaching it with a new framework, a new mindset. Gotcha. I'd like to think it's more mature. <laughs> that being said, uh, you know, telling people that, hey, I'm interested in politics. And you know what? You and I had lunch last year. We did. And uh, and we talked about you doing a podcast. And uh, here we are. And here we are. Things and, happen. And we also talked to, I expressed my interest in politics. And you gave me some great advice. Good. It doesn't and, happen often. So it's, <laughs> it's good that that day I, I came out on uh, top. It, it was a good day. You never It know. was one of your good days, Mike. That's it. <laughs> so <clears throat> I started telling people about my my desire to become uh, to, to dive into politics and um i asked jim because i knew he had joined he had been uh elected to the city council. i talked to jim before he got in as well and i said so what's that like you know just <laughs> <laughs> i'm dying to hear this answer and he says mike i love the work i care about the city very much and i've i'm invested i own property here i've been a chiropractor for 30 years and mm-hmm. i've got my i've got my people and my tribe and this is my town yes and he says i love my role he says but i was not i i i've never in my life have i been hated <laughs> and, and today <laughs> and he if says you're in now politics, <laughs> Welcome to it. There are people that hate me, and I don't know how. 
I've never been. I don't know what that's like. Oh, it's it, it, <laughs> today. It's especially that climate. So it really is. And you mentioned that early on when we first talked. You know, people people will just go. They'll well, go at you. What's What's really interesting right now, especially in our county. So we are the <clears throat> number one Republican voting county in the state of Missouri, mm-hmm. right? So we're a very conservative minded region. We are a very conservative minded county. Um, but a couple of years ago when the pandemic was going on, I was being told I was a far right lunatic and I, uh, was, was so blinded by my conservative values that, um, I was ruining the county, right? Mm -hmm. So that's where we were two years ago. I have not changed any of my beliefs. I'm I'm very pro life. You're the same guy. I'm very Second Amendment. You know, I'm all the stuff that was important to me two years ago. Are you carrying a gun right now? I I don't have one with me right now, (laughs) but I appreciate you asking. Um, But this is a gun friendly establishment. it's, It's a very gun friendly county, right? But. The interesting thing now is I have people show up at county council meetings and a lady actually brought me a little plastic rhino. And I am now a rhino. I am Republican in name only and I don't pass the conservative litmus test. But nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. So two years ago, I'm, I'm far right conservative. And now I'm not conservative enough to even be called Republican. But your views haven't changed. N- nothing's changed about me. And I, I'm just sitting here thinking. And I knew you two years ago, and I know you now, and I and, and you're the same dude. I, you're the same guy. But this is the world in which we live. Right? And when I was doing some some recon, some some research for this podcast. And this is where he gets scared, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> because I, I saw both of those. Yeah, online. I saw both of those sentiments. Yes, that Mike Elam is is a a right wing nut job, right? And Mike Mike Elam is a rhino, which would tell me I'm probably doing it right. You probably are because you cannot please everyone. You can't, and you're listening to the people in your in your region in your district. But at the end of the day, you and I hate that phrase, so I don't know why I keep saying it, but. You you have to do what you feel is in the best interest of everybody, right? And if you just try to chase a crowd of people and please them, you're going to be disappointed because those people will turn on you yeah. in a heartbeat. Let me ask you this. So how do you see your role as a county councilman? Is it your job to take the sentiment and the desire of your constituents and present that to the council? Or is it your job to take their desires, their their ideas, their beliefs, and distill them through your opinions and desires? I, I think it's my job to be a good steward of, A, the funds of our taxpayers, right? Because mm-hmm. government gets no money unless it takes it from its citizens. Right. It doesn't make anything. There's there is no, no product, right? Yeah. So you you tax and fee, some people would say they're the same thing, but you get your money through taxes. Right. So you take your money from your citizens. First and foremost, you need to be a good steward of their right. money, right? Don't blow it on stupid stuff. 
uh, which is that's that's very argumentative. It's so what stupid stuff these days, right? I, I I really want desperately to ask you about stupid stuff, but well, I'm I'm going to stop. I'm not going to. Thank you, because we only have an hour. Um, and but the other part about that is uh, I'm very active in my community, so Greater St. Charles Chamber or, or whatever it's called these days, regional chamber. Regional. Something, St. Charles. Um, and then the Cottleville Weldon Spring Chamber and then the O'Fallon Chamber. So I'm a member of all three of those. Right. Winsville's not part of my district, so I, right. I didn't join the Western Chamber. Plus, there are only so many lunches you can go to. So <laughs> there is that. But I, I get a really good uh, sense of what the community in general is asking for. Right. It's really easy as a political person for at whatever level, whether you're your DC, Jeff City, or St. Charles um, County, um, to get a skewed version of what's important to people. Because a lot of times, the minority opinion is the loudest opinion. And they will show up and they will they will yell and bring signs and right. try to get TV cameras and they go, look, this is how everybody feels. The job, I think, of an elected official is really try to get a better sense of what does your community really feel? Right. And the thing that you talked about, that I think is the vast majority of people, you got burned out on politics and you're like, I, I just don't want to be involved. Right. 25% <clears throat> of the people are, are Democrat people. 25% of the people are Republican people. 50% of the people are, I hate you all, right? right. right. Uh, quit being stupid, pay attention to what's going on and do what's right. Right. And that's where the majority of people are. I, I feel now, and I feel it's it's always been this way, uh, at least in our country. We are a lean, la- or lean right nation. We're conservative, um, but we're not far conservative. Right. I think there are right. far conservative groups, and I think there are far left groups. But I think the majority of people lean right. Um, and what they really ask of you is... Use good judgment. Do what's in the best interest of everybody involved. So when you run for office, a lot of times you you have a primary that you go through, at least at, at my level and above, right? If your city, it's, it's nonpartisan. You don't declare Republican or Democrat. When you're county council and above, you have a primary you go through. Your first gate is to get through that primary. Which what you see, whether it's left or right, people run to the extremes. Mm -hmm. And as soon as August is over and you go to the general election in November, everybody runs back to the middle. Why? Because that's where the majority of people are. So you run to one side or the other during your primary because those are the people who name you as the Republican candidate or the Democrat candidate. And if you're not far enough one way or the other. It's tough. Right? You're Especially not going to resonate. Days. You're not. You're not going to satisfy that base. Right, and that's why we've ended up with where we are right now, especially in D.C. and Jeff City, mm-hmm. because the extremes have taken over both parties. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be far right to get the nomination, or you've got to be far left to get the nomination. Well, if fifty percent of the people are in the middle. Mm-hmm. That creates a problem. There's a lot of confusion there. There is. And a lot of those people feel that their interests are not being represented. Right. Right? So I I often joke with people. I speak to the vision 
St. Charles leadership class mm-hmm. every year, right? The newest, best class ever, mm-hmm. whatever that is. So I, I do love that. Um, but but when I talk to that class, um, I I get the opportunity to kind of talk about uh, where is the county going and what's important to them. So you get the opportunity to kind of look at these young emerging leaders mm-hmm. and talk with them about why did you choose to stay here? Like you said, you and your wife have chosen to stay in St. Charles. Why? Right? Mm-hmm. So once you start realizing for people, this is really what they want. And a, a lot of people don't know how to really say that, but they can give you a sense of an overall direction that they want you to be in. Mm-hmm. Right? So when you when you sit down and you start talking to them and you start finding out you know, what's important. And then they start asking you questions about what I call the sexy issues of the day, mm-hmm, right. right? Pro-life, Second Amendment, education, all important stuff. Mm-hmm. None of it is county council. Right. None of it, right? But um, you have to declare. Y- you have to declare. You have to declare. But those are the issues that everybody wants to but, talk about when you're running through these primaries. That's, and that's simply because it's politics, and right. it, it has nothing to do with your role as, as a councilman. I don't vote on that. Right. Right. So I can be as pro-life as a day is long. Have zero you're, vote. You're voting in on that. on uh, use of, of uh, funds, planning, planning and zoning, zoning, roads and bridges, public right. safety. Right. So my job is to make sure I don't screw up the expansion of our county, and we grow smart. Mm-hmm. Growing fast is great. But if, if you and don't grow smart... growing fast can be easy, too. Well, growing fast can be a train wreck, yeah. right? Because you screw up everything because you're just trying to put people places. Right. If you've ever had a bunch of people who are coming to your house and going to spend the night, right. and you, you don't have them? enough bedrooms, it, it's a train wreck trying to put people everywhere, right? It is. Imagine that for your county. Yeah. And that's kind of where we are. How so, many people are in St. Charles County? Right now, there's about 415,000. Okay. And we're going to be at half a million uh, over the next 15 years. So uh, what does that what does that uh, mean for growth year over year, the last 10 years or so? We've been averaging 6,000 people a year moving out here. Uh, and I asked that because I was thinking back to where when you said Amazon was gonna, would bring potentially 20,000 people. Right. If we're doing 6,000 a year... Right now. And there are, and there are some legitimate struggles with that. Yeah. Housing, uh, community services, uh, right. all sorts of things. Right. How could we have done twenty thousand? And that, and I guess that's why you oppose that. I, I just there are some things that, um, and this is stuff, Mike, that that the average guy that that you know works over at Boeing and comes home, he's not thinking about that stuff. And I get it, right? Why would he? Right. Before it's not I on got the, on the council, I didn't think about right. that. It's. It's not exciting, right? It's not in the news. It's not the stuff that's being talked about. But, I, you know... Do you find it satisfying to be in, in that position? Like, personally, do you, do you receive joy? I do. From your role? So, interesting thing of why do you do what you're doing, right? right. So, why I, did you get into doing this? Right. One of the reasons that I got into doing this, I'm from Northwest Arkansas. I love Northwest Arkansas. And listen, if you're going to live in Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas, live in is Northwest the, Arkansas. Exactly, it's the best. It is God's country. It right? really so is. I, and and part of that because Southwest Missouri is also it's, gorgeous. It's the Ozarks, and the Ozarks is is pretty. Right, it's all Ozarks, and it it's it's really nice to be down there. 
And I joke with people that Northwest Arkansas <clears throat> is a great place to be from. Right. Right. <laughs> so is my hometown. Well, so, and that's why we're here. Right. right. So something attracted us here. I wanted to work in radio. I lived in Berryville, Arkansas. You needed a larger market. People. You needed more opportunity. There's no opportunity, right? right? So the radio station was owned by the general manager whose son was the operations manager, and his wife was the traffic director slash receptionist, right? There is no path forward for you here. Right. So if you want to expand, you need opportunity. You need to go somewhere. The opportunity was So St. Charles, this region, so it was the St. Louis area that probably attracted you, right? It did, but the reason why I got into politics is because I have kids now. I don't want my kids to have to move away to find the opportunity like I did. My kids coming, my oldest is 18. Yours are are older than mine. But that was a driver for me to become interested. When I began began to realize that, you know, we're going to be here. Right. We're adding onto our home. We're expanding our... We're we're in. Your roots are here. We're anchored. Right. And I know that my kids are coming up and they're going to want to they're going to want to spread out a bit. Right. I want them to, but I'd love them to be in Wentzville or uh, Troy or, you know, even St. Charles. I'd love them to be around us. And that really drew me in because somebody said something to me, something like this. And it's really trite, but it's meaningful that good people need to get involved. Right. I mean, that's such a basic thing. But it's true. And especially people that, that, and I, I want to say this from, a, from an honest perspective, that people that, can be, that are trustworthy. True. And not everybody in politics is trustworthy. Well, this, this is true. But what, what we really need is um, people who have the best interest of the community right. at heart. If, if you have that, if, if you're going to go to Jeff City or D.C., that's a whole different level. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of different things that I would say you need to consider. Yeah. But in local politics, county, city, school board, you need to have the best interest of the community you do. at heart. <clears throat> and when I was looking at, uh, I had had an interest in politics for a very long time. And I was in St. Charles Noonday Rotary Club. Okay. I was lucky enough to have Steve Elman was in my club, who at the time was a, a circuit judge. Mm-hmm. Dan Pelican was a judge in my club. Uh, Sally Faith was uh, a state rep. Tom Dempsey was in the state senate. I had exposure to people who were in the political. And you're not arena. in a public office at this point. You're, no, you're I just wasn't. hanging out with these people. I, I was. <clears throat> I was working at Charter, right? I was. I was selling advertising at Charter at the time. And you know, they did a, a Jedi mind trick on you because you're you become a product of your five closest people. Well, there, there you go, <laughs> and, and and there I am. They snookered you in. But well, so when I when I my kids got a little older, and they didn't need me around every day, right? right. I, I didn't have the day to day kid duty that right. I had before, right? You have a little more time. Uh, little did I realize what I was really getting into. Right. But I I told my wife, I'm like, I want to get involved in this. So we talked about... What did she say? What was her opinion of that? What well, did she, it, I mean, it, what were her words? The, <laughs> I mean, really, because I, I want to... the first thing she was like, why? Like, why would yeah. you want to do that? Right. Um, and what did you tell her? I, I kind of told her what I'm, what I'm telling you. I'm like, well... 
if if we don't get involved, what's going to happen to our community? Right. Where are our kids going to go? Look, if my kid wants to go to Kansas City or Dallas or Nashville or something like that, because there's something there that they think is a really good path for them. I, I fully support them following that journey. Yeah. That journey. That's Live long great. and prosper. But I don't <clears throat> want you to have to leave. Right. You don't want a community to be the decision maker. Right. You want I, your personal desire. You don't want a lack of opportunity to be exactly, a driver. Exactly. So where I see my role at a county level is to make sure that our kids have a path forward. Right. And you have somewhere to grow to, and you don't have to leave my community to have the opportunity that you need to be a success in whatever you're trying to face. That's an uphill struggle. So real quick as an example, the St. Louis region is going in the wrong direction. It's it's spiraling down. And I use the analogy of, uh, I was in the Naval Reserve. So I went to basic training in, in North Chicago and we didn't run a lot in Navy basic training, right. because a ship is only so big. Yeah. And you can run from one end to the other, but then you're out of ship. And, then and you when you're do, out of ship, you you're out of times. beer. Oh, yeah. that's a different commercial. Yeah. So, But when you, when you get to the end of the ship and you jump off, you have to swim 200 yards away. Why? Because when the ship goes down, it creates a riptide, and it pulls you down right. with the ship. If you're, you're going to be pulled away, in that vacuum. You will get pulled in, and it will, it will suck you down to the bottom so of the ocean. Can Saint, well, hang on a second. Okay, go ahead. St. Louis is doing that. It is. The city of St. Louis is at the smallest population it has been at since 1877. It's the number one murder city per capita in America. Mm-hmm. It's going in the wrong The leadership direction. has been an abomination. But St. Charles has been swimming against the current. We're only going to be able to do that for so long. Right. Eventually, that ship is going to suck it down with mm-hmm. us. We've got to get to a more regional strategy. And people ask me on a regular basis, like, why do you care about St. Louis? <clears throat> Let them go down the tubes. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not wisdom. You don't understand. <clears throat> right. They're going to take us down with them, right? Yeah. We've got to stop it. Um, do I want to send all my tax dollars there? No. no, I don't. But I want to do something to work with them to try and and stop the sink. I, I want you to stabilize. I, I'd love for you to grow. But at this point, I want you to just quit sinking. Is there some sort of task force? or So, so in business, you'll have a cross-functional team, right? Right. Across platforms. Is there something like that? In theory, Yes. Are you but guys talking to each other all the time? Okay, uh, okay. Which is which is why in this political environment, not not to get into all election talk and stuff, but um, that's why I'm a Steve Elman guy, right? Yeah. Because Steve Elman is trying to work with people who are not of the same political belief as mm-hmm. we are, right. right? Well, that's wisdom. It it is, and it's someone who. He works with East West Gateway Council of Governments, which is where all our federal funding comes through. That's where I was. That's what I was thinking. I had heard of that. Yeah. So if if we don't play well with East West Gateway, our federal dollars for roads and bridges not coming out here. Yeah. It's very easy. And they're for going them to, to accumulate say, those roads, those dollars, yeah. whether or not we get them. Yeah. And and they will put them in St. Louis County, and they will put them right. in St. Louis City, and they will put them in other yeah. counties. They do not have to give them to us. Right. If we don't play well uh, with them, 
And we just, you know, call them names and say, you're not conservative enough. They'll right. say, well, of course we're not. We're liberal right. Democrats. Exactly. We, we don't plan to be Look conservative enough. Look at our spots. Enough. That's what we do. Right. right. Calling them a rhino, not going to go well. Right? It's not going to get us federal dollars. Yeah, it's how can we accomplish a goal. Let's, we, let's, let's develop goals. Let's vision cast and make goals that are yes. good for both of us. We've got to have some sort of regional approach. Right. Because, if, like I said, if we don't, that sinking ship is going to drag us to the bottom of the ocean with them. And we can't afford to do that. I don't want my kids to lose future opportunities because the region that I was a hand in being a part of, right. I let it sink. I can't do that. I've got to do something that's going to make sure that our region as a whole continues to prosper because I don't want my kids having to move six hours away like I did to be able to find opportunity. I wrote a question down this morning as I was preparing. Okay. You prepared. That's awesome. I, you know, I, I wrote stuff down. Not, not trying to <laughs> rabbit trail you. I'm, I'm just going here. Take the compliment. Let's move. I appreciate that. <laughs> Are politics the answer to the problems in the region? Well, it depends on how you define politics, I guess. I mean, in a, in a broader definition. I know that's a really broad question. That's, I mean, there's a, lot, there's a lot to unpack there. Politics is, is a huge part of the answer. You've got to get everybody working together. Right. Now, how you define that, I guess, I mean, to me, I would say it's semantics, but yeah. it's... It's, it really boils down to you've got to get everybody setting out a common sense of goals and working towards those goals. Your vision casting you were talking about, yeah. right? If we don't know where we're going, how are we going to know? I know if you got to there. Get there. There's no way to measure if you, if you right. don't plan. We've got, to, we've got to figure that part out. Right. And I would tell you right now, um, there is not a consensus of the path forward. Mm -hmm. And anytime you have leadership changes, that's that's positive and negative, right? The the positive can be you get rid of someone who wasn't on board. Right. The negative is you start over with the new person. Right. And and there are things you may not know. And sometimes you, an, an unknown adversary may be better. You you don't necessarily know where they're going and what their goals are. Right. So we've spent a lot of time on politics. Um, Moving and, on. Well, I don't want to just you know talk about the weather. <laughs> but <laughs> which is going to be great this weekend it's going to be wonderful let's segue so married to jennifer for 30 years well, let me ask you a question three children here's no, you question finish that go ahead now that i mean uh, i my wife and i got married in 1991 i know you go to florida a lot you like long walks on the beach i, I do like long walks <laughs> on the beach i just like the beach do you have a place or do you just go down and, and uh... we've always kind of gone down to destin and the destin area whether it's uh um, oh, okaloosa island is kind of the place that we like it's yeah. in between fort walton beach and destin mm -hmm. and it's not as crowded as yeah. destin is and you can buy Bigger condos with really nice beaches for a lot less money. A lot less money. Rent them, I should say, not Here, buy Here's them. one that I wanted to ask as a segue. Okay. Do you have a mentor in your political world? Um, I have a few Okay. Um, in, in my political world. Um, people, I know you mentioned the, the folks from the Rotary. People, yeah. Well, I mean, Steve Ellman has, has been great. Yeah. Uh, Tom Dempsey, uh, who was president of the Senate... Um, who uh, is a really smart, level-headed guy uh, who's been who's got a family history here and and really good from that standpoint. Uh, Chuck Gross, who was also a state senator, mm -hmm. 
another really level headed great guy. Um, and you consider these our mentors? I do, um, yeah. from a political standpoint. And then, what about personally? Do you have a have you ever had a personal mentor? Like, do you feel like there's, you know, I, you said you you know you're you're growing up in your folks and whatnot, but have you? Do you have a mentor? Personally? So the the person that I credit for kind of getting me where I am in St. Charles County mm-hmm. more than anyone else is Ben Blanton of Blanton Construction. Right. So uh, Ben has a adopted son who is the same age as my oldest son. And we went to church together. And I didn't know who this guy was, right? Um, I actually thought he was the guy's grandfather. But we would be sitting outside <laughs> um, the door waiting for the kids to get out of Awanas or waiting for them to get out of Sunday school class mm-hmm. at church at First Baptist Harvester back in the day. And we would just strike up a conversation. And I... I got to know him. He got to know me. I thought he was a great guy. He uh, said I saw potential in this young guy. Yeah. So he was nice <clears throat> enough to take me under his arm and say, you know, I, th- I think you ought to consider this. I think you ought to consider that. And did you ask him or did he tell you? It really just kind of happened organically of um, just talking, yeah. having, having coffee. And, um, and, and that's how we did it. Yeah. Uh, I would love to tell you I sought him out. And it, but it was much more organic. It was just, much more organic, and it was just, you know, he saw the potential in me mm-hmm. that I didn't see. What did he see? Uh, I think he saw me as someone um, who had some some talents to get people's attention, like yeah. you were talking about before, uh, good interpersonal communication skills. Um I love people. I yeah. just I just love talking to people. Yeah, you know. If- I see that in you, and and it, and I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm going to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> We're already there. So there it's you my go. My show. Hey, welcome to the Mike uh, Bauer Show, right. everybody. <laughs> you said something really profound there, though. What's and, that? Um, one of the things that was paramount in the conversion of old angry me. Yes. Our former angry me. I wasn't old at the time. Welcome to it. To now. older, much more you know, loving me is, I begin to love people. Right. I begin to truly love them. Now, I won't tell the story now, but there was a, a series. There was a thing that happened to me over a period of six years. Okay. That's responsible that for that conversion. Maybe I'll tell you off air, but I begin to love people, and <clears throat> even in hiring and, and and bringing people into my companies, mm-hmm. if you don't love people, you can't be part of it. And I think that's a huge factor in politics. People can smell a rat. Right. And uh, and I see that in you. I believe that. Well, I, I appreciate that. Have you ever done a, the Gallup survey where they tell you you're, they have 34 personality traits and you can, you can take the Gallup survey for free and it will tell you your top five personality traits. Right. right? I haven't so, done Gallup, but I've done DISC. I've done right, predictive there, index. There's a lot and, of similar ones. But the the one in Gallup for me is my number one personality trait is I am a woo, uh, W-O-O. And it, it stands for winning others over. Yeah. Right? Um, what it really means is I'm the guy who walks into a room of 50 people and I want to know everybody's story in the room. Right. Everybody I, ha- doesn't everyone have they do. a remarkable story. And, and they every, don't think they do. Every person does. Uh, they it's true. One of one of my favorite things in uh, so I'm in St. Charles Noonday Rotary now because lunch or I'm in St. Charles Sunrise Rotary now because lunch wasn't working in my schedule anymore. So I moved to a Sunrise Rotary Club. 
And one of the, the programs that we had done at Noonday that I loved the most was Meet Your Rotarian. And it's basically just the program that day is a half hour of, hey, it's the Mike Bowie story. And yeah, I, and tell your story. Yeah, tell your story. I'm amazed at how many people just discount their story. People have so much more strength and resilience than they than they believe. Well, and so many people <clears throat> think it's it's their story, so it's boring. Right? But it's not. Well, it's this is. I grew up here. My dad did this, and my brother or sister did this, and they try to find. A, well, I met this famous person at this time, or whatever. You don't have to have that story. You don't have to link you to anybody else. You don't. To have a more remarkable story. What makes you unique is you, right? And people discount that a lot. And I I don't know why. And I guess it's more of, I get emotional. I don't know where that came from. Um, But I wish people didn't do that. Right. People you know. have amazingness in them. Are you a faith person? Are oh, you a by person all of faith? Okay. I when make, you, when yeah. you grow up as the son of a Southern Baptist minister, and I was gonna, that was it, one of my first. I was going to ask you about what's it like because mm. <laughs> I grew up Southern Baptist. Okay, and and now you've reformed. It, well, and I, I had a, a Lutheran <laughs> father and a Catholic mother, and I oh, landed wow. at a you Southern, ended up Baptist Southern Baptist church. Baptist. My friend in third grade invited me to church. Okay, right, and I'm like. Okay, you're having this thing. Well, I'm gonna go. Of course. From That's from that day them. on, we go after the kids. I know. Yes. But I went to church through all, and that's what that was my church. And um, now I, I'm I'm associated with the Assemblies of God. Okay. Which is a cooperative fellowship. Got gotcha. <clears throat> Um But growing up Baptist, you and I, you know, we've got a very similar background. But. Um, Having that faith, and I and I think that's probably why you got emotional because you understand what our Creator did in every one of us right. and what He breathed into us. Right, and everybody has that same spirit of creation that that same you know Jesus breath. And I I, I always say I'm not going to make this a Christian podcast, <laughs> but I'm unapologetically well, if you're, if, Christian. If you're a Christian, it's a Christian podcast. It's, it's pretty kind of much. Goes. Goes. Sorry, but yeah, and and. Um, I do agree with you that it's it's a powerful thing, and it that's is. what drew me. That that was part of the factor of the conversion to I want to serve, right? And that spirit of service. And I and I almost asked you, do you see that across the board? But I'm not going to ask you that because I don't want you to tell on anybody. But <laughs> I, I think what that's is what it? you look for in your leader? You yeah, want someone you who's got a servant heart. And, and it doesn't matter what it is. My CEO with my company right now, Paul Cronin, he's, he is that guy. That's why I love my job. I work for people who they have a servant leader heart. Yeah. And yeah. I, I love working for those people. So we want to wrap it up here. I, I, always, I, I really intended to keep these in an hour, but I, I can't. Oh, sorry. I have no idea no, no, how long no, no, we've it's been okay. talking. But oh, let, Lord. Let me just talk. Well, let thanks me just for ask anybody who's stayed this long. I, I wonder if they're going to listen, and they're listening. So thank you guys so much. But what do you, what do, you do for fun? What's Mike Elam do for fun? Oh, Lord. So uh, we were talking about all the jobs with I3 and then I know, uh, but the county got, council. You, you, and you, you, you've gotten good at carving out some time, I know. But it, it's really a, 
jobs that I do that I love, right? So uh, I got the opportunity over this past year to get back into radio after 27 years of being I know, radio. you've been invited to guest host for people that are out. And... So Steve Moore at 97.1 has said, hey, you want to do this? You've been doing the Reardon Roundtable. I, I like you being on the radio. People like your voice, blah, blah, blah. So I've gotten to do that, and yeah. I, I love it. It's so much fun because it's not, it's not my job full-time. Right, so it's fun to so go that's, in. And so you're play. considering it a hobby. It is. Okay. I mean, it's not. It's not full time. It's something I do when I can, and I, I love doing it. Right. Um, the other thing is, on a non-COVID year, I would MC twenty events a year. Right. You do a lot of MCing. I love MCing events. Yeah. It's just fun, right? The majority of people run from microphones. Yeah. I I run you, two microphones. You and I. Right. It's if, just. If you give me a microphone. I, I'm good. Well, I started in radio at 16, right. right? So at my my hometown radio station that we were talking about, and I wanted to be Jack Buck, but somewhere along the line, I became a DJ as opposed to a play-by-play guy, right. Right. and it, it just kind of ran from there. But I, I love being the guy at the front of the room to get your attention, and I don't necessarily like being the program. But I you, like but introducing you love, the program. But what I see about you, and I've been to events you've emceed. What I, what I love about the way you handle that is you like to connect people to people. Right. It, it, it gets back to that whole winning others over thing. Yeah. So it's funny when Gallup defines that. It says you'll spend two minutes with everybody, and once I find your story out, I'll, I'll thank you for your time and move to the next one. And when you have a big group of people like that. It's just so much fun. It is to make that connection. You do it through music, yeah. And I'm sure when you're standing there and and playing the guitar and connecting with people who are looking at you, going, "Man, I love it when you yeah. do this." For me, I love standing on that stage and you make eye contact. It's the with same people thing, and you see my, it land. It's the same thing because I've been in both roles. Okay, it's the same thing. There's a proscenium, yes, and there's a crowd. And there's a responsibility, and I take that responsibility seriously, and you do too. You and and that's why you're a professional at what you do. It's just let, a, a lot of fun. Let me let's end it with this. Okay. I, I want to tell me about your wife. Oh, so my wife Jennifer is um, Maryland Heights girl from Pattonville. Been a hairstylist uh, her entire adult life. Uh, graduated from Pattonville, went into cosmetology. So school. she cut your hair. She did, and then. It was so great. I said, I've got to marry you. You've got to be with me forever. <laughs> she actually had another boyfriend at the time. So um, How'd you win her over? I Talking, you know, uh, spending time. Yeah. And um, it, at the time, I was unemployed. So I, I had the time to spend. You, you um, couldn't afford a haircut. You I, needed someone. I, I needed to trade it out. So what can I do? And you um, needed a headshot. So there, well, <laughs> there you go. I, I got to. But what do you guys happen. love doing together? Uh, we like traveling when we can. Yeah. Um, my wife's idea of a vacation is uh, a beach and sunshine. Is it? Uh, and just laying around, relaxing. We kind of have this thing where. Uh, it, 
we had this happen at an event down in uh, a resort in Cancun that we were at in Riviera Maya, where she laid out on the lounge all day long and the guy kept bringing her drinks. And I'm good with that for about 15 minutes. And then I'm just bored out of my head. Right. So where do I go? I went to the adult watering hole or the swim up bar, as right. we call it. And I would just meet people as they came up swim up bar. Yeah. And, and my wife can lay out in the sun and I can just go. Yes. I can just go meet people. I, my kids hate it because I will talk with anybody. Oh. Anybody. Me too. There's You can't escape a conversation with me. Tell me what you love about your wife. Uh. Number one, that she loves me. And if you can find someone who loves you, you should probably hold on to that, right? You should should probably (laughs) lean into that one, right? Um, What's her superpower? uh, Geez, I don't don't know. I mean, A, that she can put up with me, right? My Keelum is a lot. Um, You are a lot. I am a lot. You have a lot of interests and you have... But a that's, lot of that's tough, right? So, do you bounce things off of her on a regular basis? Is she your wisest counsel? Uh, she's someone who grounds me. Yeah, and I need that. Right? You're type AAA, just like me. Oh, I, I, I definitely am. And I, yeah. you need someone who balances you out. You know, I'm, I'm a glasses three quarter full guy, right? Mm-hmm. And she is really good at going. You may want to think about this, yeah, right. And it's good to have someone who can put a different thought in your head, yeah, and say, "Well, before you head down that road, charging, you may want to consider this." Yeah. So she's really good at at grounding me and making sure that I have a better view of yeah. things around me. I think my wife is is the same way. I know she is because my interests vary. Right. I, I've gone through probably six midlife crises, <laughs> including, including you that's know, just the last year. It really is. <laughs> and she's always, she's the one that will she understands me and will let and and I say this with utmost respect and and adoration. She will let me do anything that I want to do interest wise and not question me outside of safety. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer's not going to go that far, right? She she will indulge indulge me on a lot, but um, my wife will often have to step in and say, "You know, have have you spent time with your kids this week?" Well, and and that's where emceeing so many events. So that was kind of the interesting thing that that Jennifer said to me is um, the word that you're looking for is no, because if people kept asking me, would you do this? Would you do this? Would you do this? And I'm a pleaser. Right. So I would say, yes, yes, yes. You know, what can I do to help you? I love helping you get a problem solved. So yes, would be my answer. And I got up one year to where I emceed 28 events in one year. And she goes, hey, you know. I'd kind of like to spend some weekends with my husband right? and not share them with, you know, insert event charity here. I appreciate what you're doing, but do you really have to do that many? I was talking with Anna all about saying no and the ability to say no. And she mentioned that uh, that's one of the things that she had learned later in life and in business 
and her husband Dan with their businesses. Being able to say no <clears throat> and having a mentor over the past several years, uh, it's I've been encouraged greatly because if something's shiny, right, and it's interesting, I'll pursue it. Well, and the majority of stuff that I MC is a charity, so I. I That's the servant's heart. And I want to help you. You want to right? help, yeah. But there comes a point where you go, okay, am I, is helping you detrimental to my family? And it was becoming a yes. And it, maybe it your is. wife was seeing that it was, and maybe you weren't seeing it because you, you were still wanting to serve. I wasn't being attentive to her need for my attention. And yeah. that was bad, right? Yeah. So I've pulled back on a number of events, and I don't, I don't do as many, and... Um, we're trying to get away more now that the kids, you know, my my daughter's nineteen and at school most of the year. Yeah, you got um, some some time. We can, their, their their needs are far less. Right, yeah. um, and and right now I do a lot of traveling for work, and as long as uh, Jennifer can babysit Case and our grandson, she doesn't really care if I'm there or not. Right. So she's yeah, like, yeah, you're hey, free to go when when you're gone and I have the grandson. <laughs> I don't have to share time. Yeah, so that's good. I'm good with you being yeah. gone. But this has been really fun. I've been I've enjoyed the conversation and yeah, thank uh, you. It it's been interesting to have the back and forth with Mike Bowie. It's like going to lunch. Yeah, and thank you for I, that. I, I think you just uh, recorded our lunch that we had at Cyber. Pretty much, we did. Um, what's let's make this the last question? And I okay. think with each I of my the guests, other one was the last question. Each of my guests have had like four or five there last questions. Go. This is the last question. What's what's a big what's a challenge that you're facing in in uh, your professional life now either which, which in professional <laughs> life are we talking about? well let's say with with broadband right so yeah. you've got a competitor here i, I have four competitors, four competitors just in O'Fallon, and, you, and you're introducing a new thing but other areas you probably have maybe no competitors and true so and I, I love uh, that do you do you revel in that challenge bringing something to market with that kind of competition uh, i do you know what this job that i have is the best job i've ever had for me yeah. Um, my job is to go out and talk with uh, cities and community leaders and talk with them about their community, their vision for their community, and how uh, fiber optic broadband and high-speed internet can benefit their community. It's one of those things of, if you have a product that everybody wants, it makes it really easy to sell, right? right? And, and right now, I'm in an industry that the federal government just put $65 billion in, right. which is awesome, and it sucks. Are all you guys go going to be going out into some of the, the more remote areas? We're not going to do rule. Okay. Um, that's, that's not what my company does well. There are companies who do that really well, yeah. and they do it better than we do. Yeah. So because of that, that's not really for us. What we're really focused on is to the home. So we want to bring it to your house. And in most places, I mean, I worked for Charter for 11 years. I, I, cable was great You know them well, me. I, and that's one of your competitors. It, they are now. But, I mean, I, I thought cable was great. The, th the stuff you can do with fiber in terms of speed is just mind-boggling. And that's today. Who knows where it's going to go? And right. that's the other part I love. Um, looking over the cliff and seeing where can we go, right? right? Where is this going to take us from here? And, and not seeing the end is exciting. It is. And, and I, what you've told me over this last hour and whatever. Um, two, three. Yeah, welcome, it seems like welcome to the Joe Rogan podcast. Right. Let's, yeah. let's just tally it up. Let's tee it up and go. But you, you've had a lifetime 
of exploration right with career vocation you've had a lifetime of not knowing it sounds like the five-year ten-year plan right but you've done very well in adapting to adversity it, is that know, a fair summation you you trust that god has a plan for your life right and you try to be obedient yeah. and just obedient if yeah. i could speak that would be great you, you just follow the the opportunities as he lays them out and and be open to his plan and if you do that you generally end up in some really good places right we're never promised um we're never promised an easy path true but we are <laughs> promised it is definitely not easy sometimes that we have an advocate right you know that you know that funny that that meme or that picture that drawing that says you know the footprints one that yes. time when you only see one exactly said Why that god is dragging you? i didn't leave you well, I, I like you. the version that says that time that time that you saw that one that was all squiggly that was me kicking and screaming and you dragging me along forward because i didn't want to go <laughs> exactly yeah so anyway mike elam thank you so much anything you want to end on uh, I have enjoyed being a member of the Mike Bowie podcast, <laughs> and uh, I look forward to um, many more of, of interesting guests that you're going to have on. Uh, I just love getting to hear the stories of the people in our community. I do, and too. I'm, I'm thrilled, excited, honored that we have these people in our community, yeah. and I'm really excited that people are getting to know them. Well, because the I, more you I wanna, get to know them, the the better our community becomes. We we do, and and we as a community benefit from the stories. But I want to spend this last few seconds making you uncomfortable. Oh God! Thank you for serving St. Charles County willingly. Thanks. Thank you for be, for being reelected. <laughs> for wanting to, for going through for that. For wanting to continue for, to do this. For like, I, I know that first year, you must have been, what the heck did I do? Oh, yes, drinking and from then a fire hose. deciding to re-up and going through the gauntlet of re-election. Thank you for serving your community. Thank you for being the voice of so many charity events. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for rallying the troops for good, not evil. Thank you for sticking to your values when people attack you and tell you you're not enough one or the other. You definitely are a, a, a man that, that deserves to be credited for success. So, I appreciate that. Thank you for su- your success in our community. And you're right, that's very uncomfortable. But I, I, <laughs> you guys I should see his face. That. It's all yes. scrunched up like, where is that talking? Oh, so thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. All I right, appreciate see it. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for the next episode.